working with us back at home. Last Sunday, I started talking about kind of the push into the new year. I sort of jumped the gun last week and um, declared that 2016 for our church is the year of community. And, you know, community is a, is a great thing. And there are several aspects about community that we're going to be discussing today and in the upcoming weeks, but one thing I really, I really recognize about the church is that what Jesus Christ came to do when he said, upon this rock I will build my church. I mean, you really look at that initial group and, and then what transpired through the years following that, there's something that you'd have to recognize, and it is this, that the church was intended by Christ to be a community within an already established community setting. When you think about the early church, the earliest of the early church, the Jews, and and you think about how tight-knit that culture was. If you do any type of study concerning that community, you would recognize that the Jewish community was extremely, extremely tight and extremely social among one another and there were even laws in the Old Testament concerning that community that bound them together in, in, a, in a forceful unity among the people and, and there was a lot of pride in that even to this day in the nation of Israel those who have Jewish bloodline there is a lot of pride in the fact that they um, are a part of this thing called community and yet Jesus came and established a church and this group of Christians became the called out ones. They became the community centered on Christ that was established within the already constructive community in their culture and in their society. Then it moved into the Roman world and the Romans were very prideful in their establishment of community and especially in the areas of resources and infrastructure. And, and, um, and here we have the church being birthed within this construct of community. And Christ came that the church would be more than just an anomaly or would be more than just um, a blip on the horizon. He came to take people who were already a part of one particular community and to reestablish them in this new Christian community that Jesus called the ecclesia, called the church. And so it is that you and I have been called into this community as Christians. And I know that there are a lot of ideas concerning that. I will say that There is a responsibility, and kind of tagging back on to some things that I said last week, there is a responsibility on every individual to make community what community is. Pastor Brett, our pastor, he talks a lot in their um, leadership uh, paradigm there at Grace Church in the Houston area, and he talks about that everyone should have an upline somebody that is above them, that is kind of speaking down into their life, and then everybody should have a sideline that there should be peers in your life that you could could bounce things off of, and then everybody should have a downline, somebody that 
is maybe just coming along that you are speaking into their life. And he sort of has this, this whole thing about an upline, a sideline, and a downline. And, and, I, and I think about that, and I think about something I've heard him say often, is that in that upline relationship, that there is a responsibility placed upon the son or the daughter, what we would say like if you have a father figure or a mother figure that is speaking in your life, there is a responsibility on the one who is seeking this relationship with someone in an upline fashion, that somebody who is a father figure or a mother figure in their life, that, that, that there is a responsibility on the son or the daughter to initiate that relationship and to keep that relationship viable. You say, well, why is that so? It is because many times people that we ask to be the upline in our life are, are probably fairly busy. You know, I know for Pastor Brett, he pastors a church that's almost 10,000 people. They uh, have four campuses. The main campus where, they, where, where he spends most of his time uh, is fixing to go into an $18 million building campaign. And I will tell you that Pastor Brett is just a tad bit busy. And so it's, it's something in my life, and I know that he is somebody that speaks into my life. I know that he is somebody that, that I call upon when I need advice, especially strong advice. He's somebody there that, that I bounce things off, and, and he's a father figure in my life. But I also know that Pastor Brett is extremely busy. And it would be somewhat ridiculous of me to be sitting up here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and for me to go, man, I really need to talk with Pastor Brett today about this particular circumstance. Now, Lord, I just ask you that, that you would just wake Pastor Brett up tonight at 3 o'clock in the morning for him to have a word for me. Let him wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, Lord, and just think about me. And, 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 and on a word, you know, that would be a little ridiculous for me to expect that to come from him. Most of our relationship through the years has been me contacting him. Most of our relationship has been me saying with a text message, Hey, Pastor Brett, got something I need to run by you. Can you give me a call when you have a chance? And if two or three days go by, because we have this relationship, if two or three days go by and he doesn't answer that, it's a reminder text. Hey, Pastor Brett, don't forget I need to talk to you when you have an opportunity. And ultimately, because I never give up, ultimately, I'll get, you know, Ultimately, he'll call me back. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes it's immediate. Sometimes it's like that. Sometimes it's a couple of days. But, but I will tell you that, that there's a responsibility in my life to take the initiation action in that relationship. And the same thing is about community. And I think that this is something that we're trying to drive home and we're trying to put some structures together to help people um, in this. We're trying to, we're trying to give you tools and, and, and you're going you're gonna to get to partake in some of that today. But, but the reality of it is, is, that, is that every one of us, if we truly want to experience community in our life, there has to be something that goes on inside here that says, you know what, I need to take responsibility and I need to forge community in my life. I don't need to wait for community to come to me. That's, that's what I'm saying about this up, down, up line, down line. If, if I had waited for Pastor Brett to come to me, we would not have a relationship today. The, real, the reality of our relationship is, is, man, we were in a hole and we needed some help. And from that place of a hole, from that place where we really needed some help, Raylene looked at me and said, you ought to call that Pastor Brett Jones in Houston. And I'm like, man, he, won't even, he don't even know who I am. I, I, I found out he did. 
I mean, he won't even remember me. I mean, I, he, you know, I mean, I knew him when I was a little kid. He wouldn't remember me now. But, but yet she kept pushing me. Come on, you need to, you need to make that phone call. You, have you called past, that Pastor Brett in Houston? She didn't even know him. Have you called that Pastor Brett? You, she'd only heard me talk about him. Have you called him? I really think he could be of help to you. And finally, I got this really funny story. I got the nerve to call him. And the only number I had was from an old preacher's directory. And I had no idea at all that I was calling this house phone number. Okay? It's a phone he doesn't answer. There's an answering machine there, and there is never anybody on the other end. All right? That's kind of like the Griffin house. There's an answering machine there. It's just, we don't even have a working landline anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's just an answering machine. You can get the answering machine, and then we'll call you back or whatever. But, but I called this number, and I leave this message. Hello, Pastor Brett, this is Rob Griffin. I don't know if you know who I am, but, oh, man, I'm up here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and, Lord, I really need some advice, and I don't know anybody else to call. I, I, mean, I don't know why I'm calling you. I don't, you know, I mean, I don't even know why you would call me back, to be honest with you, but, I mean, I just, I just need some help, and I was wondering if I could talk to you. And later that night, I left, I left him my, my cell number, and later that night, my cell phone rings, and I look at it, and I, and I recognize, it's a different number, okay, but I recognize the area code. And I look at Raylene, and I'm like, he's calling me back. What do I do? She's like, answer it! I'll never forget this. I went to the front bedroom. It was, it's, it's, in the, it's at night. I, I was so afraid to talk to him because he's just this big, huge figure, you know, this really famous guy. You know what I'm saying? He's this big, huge figure, and, 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 and I don't even know what I'm going to say to him. And, and I, I sneak into that front bedroom. I turn all the lights off. It's pitch dark in the room, and I lay down on the floor just about half under the bed. And I go, hello? And I talk, he talked to me for an hour and a half that night with me laying in the dark almost under the bed. Scared to death. But it forged a relationship. I'll never forget. I'll never forget he said, you know what, Pastor Rob? I tell you. I mean, really, it was funny because I didn't think he would remember me. Y'all want to hear the rest of that story? I didn't think, he'd, I didn't think he would remember me. And I'm like, hello? And he says, Pastor Rob? I went, yes. He went, this is Pastor Brett Jones. I went, Yes. Is this the same Rob Griffin that grew up in Houston? Yes. Same Rob Griffin that's got a brother named Vernon? Yeah. Sister named Amy and Melinda and Sandy? Yeah. What in the world do you want with me? Yes, I'll never forget that. I'm like, man, I'm in trouble. I need somebody to talk to that can understand the, tradi- the, the transition that my ministry's going through. And I knew he would understand it. I needed somebody, a father figure, to speak to me and talk to me about leaving a denomination and, and all of the turmoil and all the things that we were facing then and, and going to face in the future. I needed someone to talk to me that would understand that. And somebody that had survived it, I mean, in a major, major way. You know, what he, you know what he said to me at the end of that phone call? He said this to me. He said, your next step is to come to Houston. Come down here and spend a couple of days with us. Just come down here, get here on a Wednesday, come to church, we'll go out to eat after church, and you just take a couple of days, and you come to church. That was on me to do that. Are you following me? I mean, it was inconvenient, but we had to load our family up, 
we did it. I said, I'll be there, and I'll be there next week. We loaded our family up, what, an unplanned trip, loaded our family up, and we took off to Houston to go. That was on me. Now, there have been plenty of times since then that he's come here, all right? But, it, but that was on me. Those phone calls and those texts were on me. Ask Sherry, just to get him to come preach for us is a year and a half, is a year and a half endeavor to try to get him here for one weekend because he's that busy. He would never come if we didn't make that. Are we not persistent? We have to be extremely persistent, don't we? And we, have to, and we have to yield to whatever date works for him, don't we? You know what I mean? It's like, it's like man, I'd really like to have him on the first week of May. We're probably not going to get that. And so, and, and so what we end up doing is saying, you just shoot us some dates and we'll shoot you some dates. And it, took, it takes about a year and a half to get that done, to come here for one weekend. But it's on us. It's on us to do that. And can I say that there is a responsibility in community that, that for all of us, and this is really kind of where we're going with this year of community thing here at our church, that we love God, and I think we do that pretty well in our services, that, that, that we connect with others, that we take this idea of connection to the next level. And for every one of us that call Triumph their home, that, that we would take a personal responsibility to, to make that thing happen in our life. To make it happen. To be persistent at making community take place. I love this quote from Bethel Music's Facebook page this week. Raylene called our attention this quote. We, we got this for you so that you can read along with me. For any teen, if you don't fight for community, it won't happen. If you don't fight for community, it won't happen. Community is the intentional pursuit of being intertwined in each other's stories. It is being a part of the highs and the lows together, being hope for each other, having fun together, working together, encouraging one another, helping each other grow and calling out the gold in one another. But this ain't community. It doesn't just happen, though. You have to fight for that. You have to be very intentional about that. And I think that there is plenty of scripture concerning it to prove to us that this is a valid idea in the church. That the church is not supposed to just be a corporate community. The church is supposed to be a connecting community. Well, praise God. And in a connecting community, there is an emphasis placed on relationship. Everybody say, relationship. Yeah, I know. Because, I mean, the minute you start talking about relationship, well, there are some issues. You know? I mean, I don't... I mean, I... Okay. Relationships can be difficult. Trust me. Relationships, especially in the church environment, can be hurtful. It's the truth. When you start talking about relationship, then you have to start talking about opening yourself up, taking down walls, becoming vulnerable. Becoming accountable. These are all words that are very important for 
healthy people to understand. But I'll tell you, there's a lot of, there's some risk involved there, isn't there? I mean, I know this is a terrible thing to say, and I'm probably, I'm probably, you know, like one of the only pastors around that's going to just come right out and admit this, but this is just the truth. I mean, let me just get right down to where people really are. Um, you know what, I can't even think of any pain in my life that didn't happen in the confines of church relationships. <laughs> I mean, my godless, my godless friends, my friends out there that just like are atheist or agnostic or whatever, I ain't never been hurt by any of them. Okay. I mean, that's just my testimony. I mean, I look at my, you know, most of my life I've been involved in church. I've been involved... You know, the majority of my life I've been involved in ministry. And I'll just admit to you that, that you can get hurt in the church environment. I mean, I, I have been hurt. I've been hurt very deeply in the church environment. I have, I've been, I've been in, in places where I felt rejected and abandoned. And, and some Christians, the only thing they believe in is gossip. I mean, they can't, they, and they can't say anything good. It's all bad. They don't have anything good to say. You can, and you, know, you can live your life. You can live in ministry. And you can, you can do the best you can do. You can be striving as hard as you can be striving. And somebody's going to be critical. And that's painful. It's painful, man, to go through that. I mean, I said several years ago, you know, our boys were little. And we had, through the years, have had people in our life that, Meant, to, meant a lot to us. We've always been very relational. We've tried to be very relational with the church. And, and you know, we've had people come and go that were, that were very close to us. We thought, I mean, we thought that we would be together. We thought that we would be friends. We thought that we were family. We thought all of this. But for whatever reason, whether it was their own personal whatever, or, or, or they didn't like the direction of the church, or they, they didn't like this, they didn't like that, and, 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 and then they just call you up one day and say, we're leaving. And we know what that means. And then we, through the years, had to talk with Baylor and Boston when they were younger. You had to talk to them about, you know, well, you know, some things are changing, and they're not going to be a, a part of the church anymore, and they're kind of moving on with their life, and we're really not going to see them anymore. And, and, and our boys always took that so hard. I mean, tears, with tears running down their face. I'll never forget one time we had this family that we thought we were very close to, and they kind of had surrogate mother, kind of like a grandmother, grandfather, surrogate type thing. They'd go to school events and stuff with the boys, and then one day they just tell us, look, you know, we just want to move on, and we're through. And we were sitting there at the kitchen table with the boys, and they're both crying, and we're kind of trying our best to explain why the relationship is now changing and, and, and all of the dynamics is to try and in the simplest way we can with these two little kids, probably three and seven, trying to talk to their kids. And finally, we just sent them to bed and everybody was sad. And, and, and I looked at Raylene and I said, I said you know what? I, I, I'm telling you right now, I am never going to allow anybody in this church to ever be close to my kids again. That's what I said to her. Never. I'm through with it with it. I'm going to insulate my children. I'm going to insulate these boys from, from these relationships. We're not going to do this anymore. It's just over. We're not going to do it anymore. 
probably about three weeks after I said that, Dave and Karen Holford show up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, Dave and Karen Holford show up. I mean, of all things. You know, I make this bold declaration in my family that we're never going to get close to anyone. And then the other day, I'm, I'm looking at, at, at Facebook, and, and Raylene's Facebook page scrolled up this memory from the past. And here's this, like, fourth grader or fifth grader Boston standing at school. And, and in behind Boston in the camera shot is Dave Holford sitting on a little stool in that school classroom. And it's Dave Holford there for Grandparents' Day. I mean, they all think Dave Holford's like the real grandparent. A boy started calling them G-Paul and G-Maul. And I'm like, Karen, you ain't even that old. But the serious thing is, is that suddenly, you know, listen, this is, I had to recant that declaration. Listen to me, because I want to say this to somebody that may have been hurt in community. I'm telling you, I know what it's like to be hurt in community, but you need to recant those declarations that say, I'm just going to build walls around myself and I'm not going to get close to anybody again. You need to recant that, because the blessing of the community of God far outweighs any of the negatives that might happen as a result of being invulnerable in community. Does that make sense? I mean, we discover in our life that, you know, it's not just, it's not just the, you know, the Dave and Karen Holfords, but it's, you know, the others, are Joe and Debbie Hazelwoods that have stuck so close. And, 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 you know, we just start, you know what? Our life is better when we open ourselves. Is anybody in this house right now? Our life is better when we open ourselves up in relationship. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, there's a risk. It's R-I-S-K. That's the other way to spell faith. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah, you got to take a leap of faith to build relationships, and you can be hurt in relationships. But listen, life isn't good when you're not involved in community. We were meant, I preached this last week, and I want to re-preach it today. We were meant for community. God said it's not good for man to be alone. If God doesn't think you need to be alone, why do you think you need to be alone? Okay. And so you bring yourself to a place where you just say, okay, we're just going to embrace this idea of relationships. And some of them may not work out. But we're not going to give up on all of them because some of them don't work out. Are you following with me right there? We're not going to insulate ourselves and insulate our family and insulate our life away from people. Why? Because, because community is the intentional pursuit of being intertwined in each other's story. It is it's being a part of the highs and the lows together, being a hope for each other, having fun together, working together, encouraging one another, helping each other grow, pulling out the gold in one another. Community has so much to do with my own personal development. It is so important in my life. Community. But I have to be. I have to be intentional about my involvement with community. I mean, so many times, so many times people pull away. And they pull away a lot of times because they're hurt. And I think that's a very important thing for us. That's why I've said all I've said about that. You're not the only one. I want you to know that. You're not the only one that's ever experienced pain in community. But I will tell you that if you will give community a chance, your life will have value. There is added value to your life when you involve yourself with community. Added value. But you have to do that. And especially if you've been hurt, 
You had to pull some walls down. I mean, for Raylene and I, we had to be willing to, to open our hearts back up to people. We were closed off. We were closed off for, for a little while. And we missed out. We missed out on some things that, that we, shouldn't have had to, we shouldn't have put ourselves in a position to miss out on. Because we, we were closed off. Something about when you open yourself back up and you embrace this idea of community to get involved with somebody else's story. Let them get involved with your story. Don't be alone. Have somebody in your life that you can, you, yeah, you can share the bad times with, but have somebody in your life that you can share the celebrations with. You can celebrate together. Get involved with each other's story. Intertwine your life. Acts chapter 2, verse 41 through 47 shows us this type of relationship. For those who accept his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves. Everybody say devoted. Dude, that is intentional. I mean, I'm talking about devotion. You're going to devote yourself to something? I mean, that means you're giving yourself to it. That's an intentional act of self-will. An intentional act of self-will to devote yourself to something. And it says they devoted themselves, listen, to the apostles' teaching. Let me tell you this. The apostles weren't going around teaching one-on-one. When you, when you see this, it says they were devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. You've got to recognize that the apostles were teaching them in group format, just like we're, we're doing here. But then it said, and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Listen, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, are you listening? Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. That's corporate worship. They met together in a corporate setting. And then it says... They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. That is a connection setting, a small group, connect group, whatever you want to call it. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all people, and the Lord added to their number those that were being saved, and he added to them daily because they understood the value of the two dimensions of church life. And these two dimensions, however you want to slice it, whatever you want to name them, these two dimensions are this, that a church has a corporate setting and a connection setting. Are you flowing with me? See, in the corporate community, they met and worshipped in the temple. They got together in large mass, and the apostles taught them. And in our context, we meet corporately Wednesdays and Sundays. Isn't that amazing how we do that? And we're very intentional about that. I mean, we are so intentional about meeting corporately that we put it on our sign. We are so intentional about meeting corporately that it's the first thing you see when you go to our website. You go to our new website. Have you seen our new website? It's pretty. You go to our new website, and the first thing that hits you in your face is worship experiences, 9 and 11. First thing that hits you. We're very intentional. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not like I, I wake up on Saturday and see how I feel. Well, I don't know. Raylene, how you feeling? You want to have church tomorrow? Oh, I don't know. 
I kind of like to stay home. Well, you know, I don't know. Me too. But, you know, I mean, somebody might show up. Why don't we just have the 11 o'clock service tomorrow? Let's just don't do the 9. Well, I dare, I dare say you wouldn't come to church here. But, I mean, unless there is like a weather freak of nature thing. You know what I'm saying? Man, we had church here last week. We just about had to build Noah's Ark. I mean, and we're that intentional. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was raining so much after the 11 o'clock service. There was a group of people in here talking. And I went, I went into the room where they, they were all up here. They all, whatever. I don't know why they, because everybody has babies. They all gather up in the nursery. And I step in there and I went, hey, we got to leave this building. If we don't get out of here, we ain't going to get across 181st Street. I mean, it was raining, the water was creeping back up on the road. And I'm like, here we are having church. We are that intentional. That, that We are so intentional that we're going to have church unless it's just like a really freak of nature. Usually, usually that comes around with ice. Ice is about the only thing that to keep us from the place. You say, Pastor, what if we don't have church? Well, you've got to go to a Facebook page or our website, okay? Facebook page, website. There is a place to call on the, on the phone recorder too. You can get the message. He's just on Facebook and Facebook and the website. See how I worked that in? That was great. But man, we are so intentional about the corporate community. But then this other aspect of the church that we've got to recognize is that there was the connection community. That the church fostered fellowship that didn't happen in the corporate setting. And this is the deal, is that so many people today have almost a consumer mentality when it comes to church. They think, well, I go to church on Sunday, I mark my hour to hour and 15 minutes, I fulfilled my Christian duty that I promised my great-grandmother I would do, and then the rest of the week, I don't even want to think about that place or those people. And they, and they live their life not in this idea of ecclesia, the church, the called out ones. Not, they, they don't want to live in this idea that we are meant by God to be a community within a community at large. They say, you know, I just want to come to church. I want to consume what I want. I love the worship. I like a little bit of the word. But as far as the rest of my life goes, I'm just going to, don't, I don't do people. Well, that's, that, that's missing 50% of what the church is all about. That, that's missing a whole component because the early church had this idea of corporate and connection. And let me tell you, I don't, I don't, you know, there's a new wave to say, well, we don't need, there's a, they're speaking against the institutional church, they speak against the corporate church, they say, oh, we don't need to meet together like that. I disagree. This Bible shows us that they met together corporately, but it also shows us that they met together in small groups, in homes, eating together, fellowshipping with one. It's not an either-or equation. It's not, well, you're either going to have a corporate church or you're going to have a connection church. That's not true. See, I believe what God is calling us to do here at Triumph is to be good at both. To be really good at both. And I think we've done a pretty good job. We've been very intentional about our worship services. And I'll be honest with you. You know, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm really feeling good about what we do in our worship services. I really am. We're very intentional. We, we were on time. I mean, even when, like today, uh, Pastor Trent had to leave because Pastor Cleveland, they, 
they are on a trip and they're coming in today and so and so he's not here and and so Trent stepped in to, to lead worship and Pastor Trent, you did a fantastic job. And this band did a fantastic job even though our main guy wasn't here. Did a fantastic job. But see, we're very intentional. That didn't all just happen willy-nilly. We're very intentional. Very intentional about what we do here. I'm wondering what would happen among us if we would become just as intentional about the connection as we are about the corporate. If we would become that intentional to say, you know what? I'm not just going to I'm not just going to go to church. Here, here's the deal. I don't believe it's the will of God for us just to go to church. I believe it's the will of God for us to be a part of the church. I don't go to church. I'm a part of a church. See, there's a big difference. And you can either be a consumer or you can be a, 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 a participant. And I'm trying to lean us to be a participant. Consumers, they just go to church. They're like going to a convenience store. They go to Quick Trip and they get a Coke and they get a honey bun. And, they're, and that's just that's what they're happy with. And they go there, they get their Coke and their honey bun. And they don't want to deal with nobody else. They don't want to talk to nobody. They don't, even, they don't even talk to the clerk. They just put their money down and they walk out. They get in their car and they enjoy their Coke and their honey bun in the front seat of their car all by themselves. That is not God's plan for the church. We are not a convenience store. We're not meant for consumers. The church is meant for participants. It is a functioning community. And I'm calling us as a church to be more than a consumer. So let's get, yeah, we got this corporate thing. We're doing a pretty good job at that. What about this connection thing? Let's be intentional. How many of you intentionally came to church at 11 o'clock today? Like, okay, let me ask you this. How many of you knew yesterday that you were coming to church today at 11 o'clock? How many of you knew at least this morning that you were coming to church? How many of you knew when you were driving here? How many, how many of you knew you were coming to church here when you pulled on the parking lot? You say, what are you, what are you trying to say? I'm saying, if you're sitting here at some point, at some point, you said to yourself, I'm going to go to church there at 11 o'clock today. You know what I'm saying? It, took, it was an intentional act. You, I, if, you just, if you just woke up about five minutes ago and, and went, where am I? You need to cut down on the medication. I'm just saying. You know, one too many sleeping pills last night or something. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, if you just woke up in here and like, well, I didn't know. Did we look at your, you know, look over at your wife? Did we, did we go to triumph today? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know, well, yes, honey, we went to triumph today. I didn't know we were coming here. There's a pretty good chance all of us were very intentional about being here. Now we want you to be intentional about making connections.
That's all. We're going we're gonna to believe that we're going to do life together. Pastor Trent's going to come here and help me. And, and Joe kind of pulled a willy-nilly, so stick around. Joe Hazelwood's got a special announcement after all this, and it's, it's no shock to me now just because eh, he's already done it. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Triumph Worship Center's podcast. If you would like to take the survey and get involved in connect groups, please go to www.triumphtulsa.com slash connect.